Right, so that was roast of Bruce Willis. <sighs> Demi Moore went the roast of Bruce Willis. Dennis Rodman. <clears throat> Bruce Willis for the first three Die Hard movies, which makes sense well, because Demi the Moore. last two sucked. I mean, it's funny the things we do for a part. Like, I know that I have dyed and cut and styled my hair, I can tell you how, a million ways, but not Bruce. I mean, that's his real hair. And ladies, let me tell you, the carpets match the drapes. I mean, I'm not saying he's bald down there. I'm just saying whichever place you look, it looks like a dick. But you know what? I look back <laughs> over all the years that we've had together. We certainly had our ups and downs. But I have to say, those were some of the best times of my life. I just look at our marriage like the sixth sense. You were dead the whole time. In my action movies, there's always some young <clears throat> punk trying to come at me, and tonight it's Judas Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Joe, I took you under my wing. Tried to make you tough. Tried to make you an action star, which ain't easy to do with a kid who looks like the bad boy of figure skating. <laughs> and now I want to take on the toughest person up here, my friend, ex-con Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah, baby. If anyone can survive in prison, it's someone who can toss a salad. <laughs> That's right. Martha's <clears throat> a real corporate kingpin. She even has her own brand of wine. It's like her boyfriend. It comes in an old box. <laughs> you know, Civil Shepherd, my oldest friend. There's people I've known longer, but you are my oldest friend. When I got cast in Moonlighting, they picked me over 3,000 other actors because they wanted someone who didn't have a sexual history with Civil. <laughs> it's so great to be back on TV with you, honey, in another show starring me. <laughs> Kevin Pollack, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Snoop Dogg warns rappers about taking shots at Eminem. When you see like rappers that like come at him, it's like how could you go at Eminem and not respect what Because they know he's sitting in the in the shell right now. And what they what they're gonna do is make him pop that motherfucking shell open. What does that mean? Who's again? been going at him? Uh, MGK, right? That was like time ago, though. I mean, you know, when people take shots at rappers like that, it's because that rapper is invisible for the moment. But that's the way to get him back visible when you start opening that bed. Mm -hmm. He still is who he is. Don't get it fucked up. Who, Eminem? Oh, yeah. Yeah. MGK, like, what? Well, it's disrespect to even think he could go at Eminem. 
can you not agree? Like, what the <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck? Uh, I mean, as, as, did you ever get poked at? Has anybody ever poked you? All the time. Really? Mm-hmm. I break nails, though. Nothing that ever pissed you off, though, right? Nah, you poke the bear with your nails, you get your nail broke. Yeah, that's my mom. It's funny when you see, like, rappers that, like, come at him. The other day, a video came out of Governor Whitmer's opponent claiming that Democrats have been working for decades to topple the United States because they're still upset about losing the Civil War. And that COVID restrictions were part of some master plan to do this. Now, first of all, what? 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 Imagine if instead of coming up with a story about how us having to watch Tiger King in our sweatpants was somehow some kind of government plot, um, imagine if, if she spent some time coming up with some ideas to create more jobs here in Michigan or to get folks more health care or to improve our schools. That's what you want from the governor of your state. The other day, a video came out of Governor Whitmer's opponent claiming that Democrats have been working for decades to topple the United States because they're still upset about losing the Civil War. And that COVID restrictions were part of some master plan to do this. Now, first of all, what? Hey guys, the other day a video came out. Hey guys, this looks like a human frog or a frogman. It is clearly wearing shoes and clothes. Here's another strange one. It clearly looks like a sheep or a goat, but the hairdo is very similar to the hairdo of the women. Most historians agree that sculptors caught what they saw. So did the sculptors also see these genetically modified figures in ancient times? Here's a mermaid-like figure. It's clear that it's a woman and she's in a namaste pose, but the lower half looks scaly and tapered like that of a fish. Is it a mermaid? Right next to it, you can see the double helixed DNA strand. Did ancient Indians experiment with genetic engineering and modify DNA? What do you think? Hey guys, this looks like a human frog or a frogman. It is clearly where. Let's see what the comments say on this. <clears throat> I feel it is sculpting, not what they saw, but what they did. They are showcasing it as more teaching, like usual, or a type of cataloging. I appreciate it regardless. Hi, Praveen. You are showing the proof that our ancestors were well versed than any person in the in the other parts of the world thank you regards i believe that there is knowledge but that has been lost to time and only now we are seeing the evidence of such miracles bro you're really deserved noble i think they would wear costumes back then to put more fear into their enemies the word of symbolic art is zoomorphic We put shoes on our dogs. I would say the frogs with shoes really wore shoes put on by people, but it could be it had been a genetically modified frogman that chose to wear shoes. <laughs> Interesting, unbelievable, unbelievable. Thanks again, thanks. This is called art. Why in any universe would you assume that they can only draw what they see? Unburnable text books. Yes. <clears throat> I thought those DNA strands are snakes. 
Holy shit, where is this? I think it's more like as it's seen in Egypt as opposed to a hybridization program. No, they didn't. This was a completely different race of people around the world. Yes, we did. Maybe these are gestures wearing headgear and masks like in a masquerade. Maybe they have crafted a story from Panch Tantra, which used animals to teach moral values. Oh, that's a good idea. Noise. I think she's Nag Kanya and others are Nags too. Nags. Maybe Nags. First one appears like a clown. Frogman looks like the image found in the Devil's Bible. Thinking critically, consider the ways in which Hindu culture describes, reveals, and as you Praveen point out, prompts the observer to lift up the next layer of knowledge. I've heard of a legend who could see the culture in species that could interbreed. As if the man practiced the result, not the potential genetic combinations, the ancient text describes seeing a million aspects of humanity and teaching that complex lesson by example. I can't imagine we in the West can comprehend. The gods did those things. Watch way more detailed sculpture of Michelangelo. Here's the link. Naruto. There was once hybrid creatures that existed prior to the worldwide flood, the fallen angels that came to earth, bred with women as well as female animals, breeding hybrids as well as giants. Likely. I'm sure that they were way advanced than think nowadays. <clears throat> maybe it was a competition, maybe they said to the kids, draw the craziest looking dudes. And the winners get their characters made in stone. Maybe it was really just like that. <laughs> yes, of course, but they are not ancient and they still exist on forbidden lands. I want the stuff he's smoking. A troll. telling us a story and that they sculpted what they saw comma and that ancient civilizations obviously comma obviously had advanced knowledge of genetic manipulation <clears throat> comma there is proof of that in that human DNA has been spliced exclamation oh shit
Did you really think I just forgive and forget? No, after catching you with her, your blood should run cold, so cold in the year. You're too time and cheap lying. America's Got Talents.
courage in a, in, to fight Trump and the Republican Party. It's a bunch of cowards and uh, weak people, and they're falling in line behind Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. Um, and as much as we might hate it... America. They call Mexico and Central America Patala. In Sanskrit, Patala means one of the seven regions under the earth and the abode of serpents. According to the myths, an eagle named Garuda transported thousands of ancient mariners called snakes, Nagas, there in its beaks. The ancient Indian astronomers knew the continent of the Americas. The Brahmin text concerns the two land divisions, which are North and South America. It faces the North Pole and Canada is only 1,000 miles away. The west side of North America does resemble a bow, as described by the Vishnu Purana. If this theory from one of India's sacred books is correct, a vast and baffling puzzle arises. From where could the Brahmins have got the information about America and its shape from Greenland to Patagonia? A geographical survey indicates America. They call Mexico and Central America Patala. In Sanskrit, Patala means one of the seven regions under the earth and the abode of serpents. According to the myths, an eagle named Garuda transported thousands of ancient mariners called snakes, Nagas, there in its beaks. The ancient Indian astronomers knew the continent of the Americas. The Brahmin text concerns the two land divisions, which are North and South America. It faces the North Pole and Canada is only 1,000 miles away. The west side of North America does resemble a bow, as described by the Vishnu Purana. If this theory from one of India's sacred books is correct, <coughs> a vast and baffling puzzle arises. From Don't where could the Brahmins have got the information about America and its ship? See what this comment say. The ancient people were more advanced than were being taught to consider Mexico's national flag. The mountain range across Mexico looks like a snake, kind of with the head starting around Texas. Thailand has the same words for snake and eagle. Wow. The manas, of course, haven't you seen the old manuscript with detailed blueprints? What's the full title of the video I want to watch? It's in the description. Okay. It's me. Some years ago, I had a vision of an African-looking person, but very big, that told his name was Garuda, and that he was going to help I obey, found out about Garuda from India many years later, never knew with what he was going to help me, I had. Serpent is a symbol of immortality. Garuda is also a company in India, I think, that files and delivers goods and stuff. It's a weird-looking image of a bird. <clears throat> from the gods. West side serpents. Yes, that sounds about right. Moon in the reflection vibes of the cosmos. Very interesting. Look at the flag of Mexico. Is it near the zone of silence? The 
There were detailed maps of Antarctica from the early 1500s made from older maps that accurately show what it was like before it was covered in snow and ice, and Indians knowing about North and South America is entirely believable. Folks just won't admit that people have been traveled, traveling the globe well before Columbus. Lovely and thought-provoking. Ancient Indians were Jarwa tribe. East Indians in the Caribbean are the West Indian. They were related, communicated, visited, and traveled thousands of years before Columbus. My one wish before I pass over into the netherworld, I would love to hear the truth about our planet's history. It's unfair that nearly every person that has ever lived on the blue planet has no clue about its history. It's because the few that know about it keep it for themselves and use it to their own advantage. If you go back far enough, eventually every continent was known. The Egyptian priest who spoke to Solon said the Mediterranean was only a harbor and that another continent lay beyond the true ocean. This was in 500 BC, but a historian would tell you they believed Europe was the whole world then. Maps didn't include the American continents till 1507, somewhere we lost a lot of history. <clears throat> Love these comments, they're very thoughtful, by the way. <clears throat> The last solar mini-nova about 12,000 years ago is believed to have hit North America, which is why it was the last continent discovered. They had flying machines in the Ramayanic Wars. Every myth had to come from somewhere. That somewhere is always in a time so long ago it leaves no reason for lies. If nothing's gained at all by lying, the probability of truth is obvious. Sometimes the simplicity of a myth is what makes it difficult to understand. Want more? Yeah, well, there's a dragon in states with feathers and plumes out of its head. Can I get a quetzalcoatl? <laughs> We don't understand nor appreciate the ancients isn't to be taken as a mystery. We don't understand or appreciate one another. How can we pretend there's a dichotomy? <coughs> Jambu divke guava. Earth is breaking. Literally, contents are breaking apart. It's scary times we're heading into. I kept looking at her, trying to get a sense as to why we have club of. Flat Earth era it seems it's definitely not flat. However, I'm, I'm noticing all basic continents we've all discovered to learn is on a similar side of Earth. What I'm also seeing is why is half of the Earth dark, where the sunlight don't truly shine on certain parts of Earth, making it insanely dark. What I'm trying to say is we will learn to believe there's a dark side of the moon. Why can't Earth? And if so, are there more continents we are unaware of? Earth is scary if one thinks out of this world. How do British people remember to put an R on the end of words that end with a vowel only when the, the very next word begins with a vowel? Earth is super hard for American actors to cast someone with a British accent. Marry Kerr. Marry Kerr. I know. They flew over the continent. Maybe that's why they originally called the Native Americans Indians. No, duh. 
From Greenland to Patagonia, a geographical survey indicates America. They call Mexico oh, and Central America. Mysteries. Four billion year astronomy knowledge of ancient India. Full documentary Vedic civilization. Boaz Mysteries. B O A Z. Statues, museum. Ancient India, a land of sages, saints, and seers, and land of scholars and scientists, is another region that saw more brilliant scientific knowledge in their earlier periods than later historical periods. Until the latter part of the 19th century, the West's scholars thought that the Earth was a few thousand years old. The basic unit of Vedic cyclical time is the day of Brahma, which lasts 4.32 billion years. The figure is astonishingly close to today's astronomers, who calculate it to be about 4.543 billion years. In case you were wondering, Brahma means Earth's lifespan. Although later rulers often embark on ambitious attempts at redesigning their capital cities as a showpiece for the nation's grandeur, the earlier medieval towns of Europe were usually built without any planning, almost by accident as they expanded. The irregular streets were typically narrow with no drainage facilities. However, the ancient cities of Mohenjo-Daro and Harappa in what is now Pakistan were as carefully planned as Tokyo or New York. Adequate water supply, drainage, and rubbish disposal were provided. They also had something considered a luxury in Europe and America until the end of the last century. Private bathrooms and bathing pools. Archaeologists have confirmed the surprising fact that this brilliant town planning system was in operation at least 7,000 years ago. The people of this bygone era were eventually named Indus Valley Civilization and excavations revealed that they had spread a staggering 250,000 square miles, which included over 1,600 sites. The bricks with which these cities were built were strong standard-sized bricks. 
Their immense strength and reliability was used to construct the Karachi-Lahore railway line more than 100 years ago. It is also remarkable that today, in Mohenjo-Daro, bricks are made according to prototypes from the ancient ruins. This is another example of technology reaching its highest peak in India's distant past, and then, for some reason, progressing no further. From then on, everything was done by replication of the old techniques. The elaborately made cave paintings of Ajanta near Bombay with their distinguishing features, are still admired by foreign tourists and Indian visitors alike. Much has been written about these exquisite works of art, but little has been said about the unexplained sophisticated technology used to make them. These murals are made from some sort of mysterious luminous paint. In one of the catacombs, which dates to the 6th century BC, a picture portrays a group of women bearing gifts. When the light is switched on, the beautiful paintings are dull in colour and lack depth. Nevertheless, when the guide switches off the lights, the figures on the wall gradually appear three-dimensional, as if they were made of marble. The ancient artist obtained this strange effect by the clever use of luminous paints. However, the secret of the fantastic effect is no longer known. In Halabid Mysore in southern India, several soapstone columns stand in a 12th century temple. There are polished strips on one of these coarse finished pillars. A fantastic effect occurs when looking into the mirror-like surface. You will see two simultaneous reflections, both in an upright and upside-down position. The unknown artisan must have extensively studied optics to have created such a remarkable effect. You will see a classic example of superb craftsmanship. There are two minarets dated to the 11th century in front of an ark with a laconic inscription, Swinging Towers, Secret Unknown. The minarets are 23 meters in height, with eight meters between them. When a group of visitors reaches the top of one tower, the guide climbs to the other balcony, grips the railing, and begins to swing his minaret. Immediately, the others start swaying to the amusement of the guests. The shaking minarets are one of only two of a kind in the world and they showed that the Indian roots of Indian science are buried deep in time. Mm. The Iron Pillar, housed in the same complex as Delhi's most famous monument, the Kutub Minar, dates back to AD 402. The pillar, weighing 6 tons and 7.5 meters in height, has continued to capture scientists' imagination since the early 1900s because it withstood India's tropical sunshine and heavy downpours during the monsoons for 15 centuries showing no signs of rust formation. This provides proof of superior metallurgical skills in ancient India. Aside from the mystery of the column's corrosion-resistant metal, the task of forging such an enormous pillar could not have been realized anywhere in the world until recent times. This type of iron production is possible today due to our advances in technology, but it is surprising to find such an accomplishment in AD 415. The pillar stands as a mute witness to the scientific tradition preserved worldwide by the people of antiquity. These people hold the answers to history and science puzzles, but unfortunately, time has forgotten them. The complex cultures that developed in what later became known as India had numerous skills that were greatly desired by the outside world. One example was the steel products used to make the famous Damascus swords. Metallurgists in India 
found a way to carbonize iron and thus turn it into steel. Discs five inches in diameter were heated with charcoal for a lengthy period. The iron and carbon formed ferric carbide, a much harder substance than pure iron. India's steelmakers did not want their secret discovered, so the steel was not identified in India. It was thus identified with Damascus. India had alchemy too. The Hindus were skilled in alchemy, and unlike their Chinese and European counterparts, they attributed positive polarity to mercury and adverse to sulfur. They thought that mercury and sulfur were primary elements. Alchemy in India was started in the search for an elixir of life, for imparting immortality, and later for the transmutation process for converting base metals into gold. Because the art of transmutation and the production of gold placed its makers in a dangerous position, the alchemists used carefully coded texts and enigmatic charts. This was particularly the case in mainland Europe, where the Inquisition was busy tracking down anyone practicing magical sciences from the East. Ancient India possessed advanced knowledge in many areas. These days, the atomic theory is taught as part of modern physics, suggesting that this theory was proposed in the modern age. The idea of atoms is quite an old one. The atomic structure of matter is cited in the Brahman treatises, Nyaya and Vaisheshika. The Yoga Vasishta states, There are vast worlds within the hollow of each atom, multitudinous as the specks in a sunbeam. The Indian sage Aluka proposed a theory over 2,500 years ago that all metal objects were made of paramanu, or seeds of matter. The Brahmin book contains a curious division of time. For instance, the Siddhanta Shiromani, a significant treatise of Indian mathematician Bhaskar II, subdivides the hour until it arrives at the final unit, Timti equivalent to 0 0.33750 of a second. How could it have been measured without precise instruments? Even Sanskrit scholars have no idea what required the ancient Hindus to measure time with this degree of accuracy. According to the pundit Kanaya Yogi of Ambatur, the Brahmin's actual time measurement was sexagesimal, and he quoted the Brihat Satyaka and other Sanskrit sources in ancient times, the day was separated into 60 kala, each equivalent to 24 minutes, subdivided into 60 vikala, each equal to 24 seconds. Then followed a further 60-fold subdivision of time into para, tatpara, vitatpara, ima, and finally, vikashta, is one three hundred millionth of a second. It is interesting to note that the one three hundred millionth of a second is awfully close to certain Hyperion's and Mason's lifespans. With that in mind, we are left to ponder how the Brahmins use these fractions of a microsecond. Is this reckoning of time a memory from a highly technological civilization in the distant past? The fact supports the bold theory mentioned earlier that the science of nuclear physics is not new. The Varahamira table named after the Hindu astronomer and polymath, dated 550 CE, indicates the atom's size. The mathematical figure is comparable to the actual size of the hydrogen atom. Bear in mind, and the atom is so tiny 
that it would take roughly 50 million atoms of solid matter lined in a row to measure one centimeter. It appears fantastic that this ancient science recognized the atomic structure of matter and realized how small its ultimate particle is. Nothing like this had ever been attempted in the West until the 20th century, when Megasthenes, the ancient Greek historian, diplomat, and Indian ethnographer, talked about the subject of astronomy during his audience with King Chandragupta Mamya in 302 BCE. The latter declared, Our Brahmins believe the Earth to be a sphere, Although this theory has been mentioned in some ancient texts, it is not entirely accepted until Galileo's time in the 17th century. The 2,500-year-old Surya Siddhanta, the oldest astronomy book known to humanity, contains entirely accurate measurements of the Earth's diameter and its distance from the Moon. The Rigveda, the oldest known Vedic Sanskrit text, includes a strange hymn concerning the three Earths one within the other. The Earth has three thick zones, the inner core, the outer core, and mantle. Isaac Newton said the same well over 2,000 years later. Only with scientific advancements and the perfection of instruments have we discovered the Rig Veda's veracity. Knowledge is power, and the priests of India, Egypt, Mesopotamia, and Mexico did not want to share it. The sixth chapter of the Surya Siddhanta states explicitly this mystery of the gods is not to be imparted indiscriminately. The ancient law had been so strict in India that if a lowly man tried to listen to the Vedas being read, he would face punishment. As mentioned earlier, the Brahmins of India calculated the universe's duration, or the day of Brahma, to be 4,320 million years. The Druzes, who live on the western edges of the Lebanon mountains, set the beginning of creation at 3,330 billion years. The present age of the Earth is about 4,600 billion years, whereas that of the crust is 3,300 billion years. There are strange parallels between these figures. What is extraordinary? is the time calculations of ancient sages being estimated in milliards of years. Cosmic chronology of this type was unknown until this century. The Vishnu Purana, a sacred book of India, contains a significant passage about a continent with two lands. The continent is Pushkar, and the lands are Vashas. The Vishnu Purana states that they lie at the foot of Meru in the North Pole. The continent faces Kashira, an ocean of milk, and the two lands are shaped like a bow. Mythological nonsense? The Vedas tell several interesting facts about ancient America. They call Mexico and Central America Patala. In Sanskrit, Patala means one of the seven regions under the earth and the abode of serpents. According to the myths, an eagle named Garuda transported thousands of ancient mariners called snakes, nagas, there in its beaks. The ancient Indian astronomers knew the continent of the Americas. The Brahmin text concerns the two land divisions, which are North and South America. It faces the North Pole and Canada is only 1,000 miles away. The west side of North America does resemble a bow, as described by the Vishnu Purana. If this theory from one of India's sacred books is correct, 
a vast and baffling puzzle arises. From where could the Brahmins have got the information about America and its shape from Greenland to Patagonia? A geographical survey indicates means of transport, possibly aerial and technical instruments. Nevertheless, 1,500 years before Columbus, India's civilization did not have ocean-going vessels. Thus, we have another baffling mystery in the history of science. A document written thousands of years ago is preserved in the Indian prince's library at Ujjain. It is known as Agastya Samhita. There are many astonishing passages in this document. They even contain instructions on how to construct an electric battery and how to use the battery to split water into its constituent gases, hydrogen and oxygen. Modern-day battery cells resemble Agastya's technique of generating electricity. Sage Agastya had used the following materials. One earthen pot, copper plate, copper sulfate, wet sawdust, zinc amalgam. Place the well-cleaned copper plate in an earthenware vessel. Cover it first with copper sulfate, then with moist sawdust. After that, put a mercury amalgamated zinc sheet on top of the sawdust to avoid polarization. The contact will create energy known by the twinned name of Mitra Varuna. This current will separate water into Pranavayu and Udanavayu. If we utilize the power of 100 earthen pots on water, then water will change its form into life-giving oxygen and floating hydrogen. The mitre Varuna is now called Kathmandu.